Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information? Hey, yes, it's Tiki Central Canada. It's Craig Stevens calling in, coming in. So, uh, yeah, we're actually live from the Earl of Sussex, uh, 431 Sussex Drive here in Ottawa. And we're doing very special episodes for the next week or so um, for the Made with Love competition, which is April 1st here in Ottawa at the Hug Culture Building from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. on April 1st. It's a Monday. And so what we're doing is uh, these segments, we're actually interviewing all the bartenders that are going to be competing at the competition. And today I got Cody... And if Cody can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, thanks for having me. So my name's Cody Nickel. Uh, I just took over the GM position at the Waverly on Elgin. So uh, three, four weeks, pretty brand new for me. Uh, I've been at a few different spots in Ottawa before then. And this will be my second year competing in the uh, in the Made With Love finals. So pretty excited about that. Nice, nice. You also want to, I hope you want to emphasize that uh, even though Elgin is under construction, so people who live in Ottawa, El- Waverly is open. It's oh, yeah. Everybody's open for hours, regular hours, yeah, regular yeah. nightlife stuff. So. It's, it's got to be frustrating. Like I said, we just talked about it. It's a little frustrating that the, the road is under construction, but when it's all said and done, it's going to be amazing, right? Yeah, really looking forward to it. it. It's tough right now because we don't know what direction the construction is going in and when each intersection is opening up and what's going on there. So. Uh, it'll be kind of nice when it's all said and done and everything's opened up for the for public. Sure. So. so this is your second year doing the competition, right? Yeah. Cool. So from that perspective, do, is it a, you finding the event uh, a fun event or are you finding it kind of like a little under the pressure because of competition? You know what? A little bit of both. It depends on the day. <laughs> right, because uh, I mean, uh, the black box is obviously something very like, okay, you got like five minutes, that's it. But then this next part of the, the competition, you have more time, obviously, to work on things. Exactly. So Black Box is kind of cool because it's a level playing field for everybody. You go in, you get one booze, you get one ingredient, and five minutes, do something it. with it. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm probably a little bit better prepared this year for the finals just because I know what to expect and I know kind of how the competition looks. Last year, I was going in blind. And right. I had no idea what I was doing. And, and, you know, I was making the cocktail kind of the day before and prepping everything the day before. And oh, no. Yeah. What was funny <laughs> is I was, I think I was closing the bar five nights that week, the week before. So oh, I was no. sitting canning orange peels at five in the morning after I'd closed local oh. uh, for like three <laughs> nights in a row. So <laughs> I'm a little bit more prepared this year, yeah. I think. Yeah. I've noticed that there's like a couple of bartenders I've talked to so far. And this is their first year. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm still working on my recipe. And I'm like, you've got a week. I'm still working you're, on my recipe, too. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It, it has to be in by tonight. I, I have it almost down. I have to play around with some ingredients. Okay, so after this interview, you're going to rush home and uh, exactly, work on your recipe. Exactly, work for a few hours. Yeah. The tricky thing is, too, with so many people at an event like that, is you have to f- come up with a way to not only do a cool signature cocktail, but something that you can source the ingredients at bulk. Or right. something, or not necessarily just the ingredients, but something that you can make at, at bulk. I made the mistake of shaking a cocktail last year. Right. And also, you got to make like 80 of those. Exactly. And, I didn't uh, want to shake a cocktail for a month, like <laughs> ever again. By the time I was the 18th person to uh, compete or to, sorry, uh, present to the judges. Yeah. And by the time that the judges were around, I'd shaken, you know, 500 cocktails by that time. So yeah, I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> And it's funny because actually there was a, a bartender came on earlier and he's like, well, you know, everyone at the black box was shaking. 
Yeah. And he goes, that's it. I don't care what in the black box. I'm going to stir. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> well, that's fair. I guess it depends what you get to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and that's the thing I think that people need to realize is that the drinks that you guys are making are very unique and are amazing in the way they are. Because I went to it last year and I, mm-hmm. I loved all the cocktails. There was maybe one or two that were kind of eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's very difficult because you have to like yeah, you have to pump out like 800 drinks that whole yeah. evening from five to, to, to eleven. You're pumping out a lot of drinks. So to keep that consistency. And also the timeline because you literally you're, you're one after another after another. It's, you, you know you had a lineup at your booth. So it's to pump all that out and keep it consistent and get the flavors in there that you're supposed to get in there is pretty tough. Consistency is probably the toughest part. I mean, most of the teams work with a five a five staff uh, five person staff too, right? Yeah. So you got to depend on your other bartenders to know their specs and know how to shake that cocktail or mix that cocktail properly. Right. Uh, and if you're pre-batching that cocktail, you got to make sure that that's consistent. You, like you said, for the 500 cocktails that you're doing, yeah. or however many. Because right? one batch could taste different than the next batch, and then exactly. There you go. So it's kind of tricky. So I'm I'm not planning on shaking a cocktail this year, <laughs> but I'm also trying to stay away from the pre-batching just to make sure that everything's coming out consistent and nice. everything's going to be from scratch. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So what got you into bartending? Did, like, did you go through school to get bartending or did you start like from basically like say a cook or a, a host or a server? Like how did you get into bartending? So that was actually kind of a, a funny story there is um, my old man when he went through university he managed the York University campus pub. Okay. Uh, he came from you know, a blue-collar demographic in Windsor, and he got right into the bars, and that's how he paid for his tuition. So as soon as I turned 18, he said, get in the bars, pay your way through school. Yeah. And then I just kind of fell in love with it and ended up having a little bit more success in the behind the bar than in the classroom. And, um, you know... <laughs> like all those bartenders today. do, Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, I was a beer slinger in Manatic for a few years and uh, bounced around a couple different bars, and it wasn't until I kind of got thrown into... Uh, an absolute vodka competition. I was a fill-in, and I had never done a craft cocktail in my life before. Oh wow! Uh, and it was at Bar Laurel, and it was a partners competition. And one of my really good friends, Stefan Duval, who used to work here in Carbon, right, in town, he did Made with Love a few years ago, actually as well. He said, "Hey man, I need a partner. Uh, did you want to step in?" And I had physically never shaken a cocktail before in my life. I'd work. Oh, wow. I worked at a pub for two years, kind of thing, but yeah. it was all you know, mixed drinks and beer and yeah, bar uh, and drink. Yeah, exactly. Beer, right? It was yeah. a classic Scottish pub. It wasn't yeah. uh, any mixology in any way, right? So. You gotta love that, actually. I had to interject. You gotta love that in a pub when someone walks in. Okay, can you make me a pina colada? It's like, well, we don't have blenders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like well, actually, we did have a blender. We did have a blender there, but I didn't have a shaker tin. On oh, okay. <laughs> that was pretty funny yeah, yeah. In, in hindsight. But uh, Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I just laugh when they come in and look at them like, this is a pub. We don't have blenders here. No, exactly. <laughs> and same thing. I, I think I'd, I was already bartending at local at the time, um, which one of the busiest spots in the city really taught me how to volume bartend. But again, the, their their cocktail list is, is is corporate and it's set and it's, you know, you know your specs and that's it. Yeah. Um, so when I got thrown into this competition, total deer in the headlights. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, I mean, I think for some of these bartenders, and uh, I remember last year I was talking to Chris Howe, and he said it, it's, it's, it forced him to like learn about mixology and like infusions and all this stuff and different kinds 100%. of rum and everything. It was insane. So his first competition was actually a competition that I hosted. For It was a charity competition for the Movember Foundation. Oh, okay. Uh, we did that a couple of years ago. And we brought in 10 bartenders from across the city. And it was a really fun black box where we had five crazy ingredients in every single black box. Everybody had different ingredients. Oh, no. And it was all for charity. And it was a lot, a lot of fun. And that was actually his first competition. It no, was, it I was, didn't know that. Oh, it was okay, Marty okay. Pino convinced him. Or he, Marty messaged me maybe a week before the competition and said, hey, I got a buddy, Chris. He's never done this before. He's an amazing bartender. You got to get him in. He'll be a lot of fun. Oh, no And way. that's how I actually met Chris and became friends with Chris. Wow. Yeah. 
don't know yeah. if you know, but actually he moved now. He's not he's in, in Winnipeg. Ottawa. Yeah, he's in Winnipeg. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he opened yeah. up a bar there. He actually just did a stage back at Evo last week, I think. He was back here just for a week, just to bartend okay, for a little no, bit. Okay, no, Because he did the show for me, and he's like, if I'm ever back in Ottawa, so I'll, 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 I'll throw oh, you a line. I don't know, yeah, I don't know if he's still in town, but I just saw that on his social media. I had no idea either. Yeah, yeah. It was on his Instagram or something that he was bartending, being a guest bartender. And this is one of the things we mean you just talked about before the show is that, you know, Ottawa is a small enough community that a lot of the bartenders know each other, right? So even in this competition, sure. you even know a lot of the bartenders. In the finals, I think I probably know maybe 14 or 15 out of the 18 bartenders that are in it. Yeah, yeah. and that's cool. It's, it, and, it, and that was one of the things I noticed last year when I went to the competition because I was expecting it to be very like, oh my God, like no one's going to pass on a secret from one booth to the next booth to the next booth. Mm-hmm. But then what I found was that, no, like actually they were more than willing to give up their secrets and new techniques and so then I, I felt like every bartender came, like, came out of there more well-rounded than they did going into it. It's a, I think it's a very inclusive uh, environment in the sense that everybody wants to learn from each other and everybody kind of wants to push each other to be better. Yeah. Um, Ottawa's always got that reputation of being a couple years behind in the restaurant scene than, than a lot of other yeah, big I, cities, I, right? I so I think the bartenders almost put that extra pressure on themselves to kind of up the ante a little bit because yeah. they see, you know, what's Montreal doing, what's Toronto doing, what's Vancouver doing. And even, you know, you look at San Francisco and L.A. and all these places that are doing all these crazy things behind the bar. Yeah. Uh, so I think Ottawa, as a community, it's almost a, a sense of pride of, okay, let's push ourselves to kind of... Push the envelope, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's why you see so many of these new, really cool restaurants popping up in these cool, trendy spots, cocktail And that's spots, what I like, think right? with some of these trendy spots, it's almost like the same thing as, like, uh, I don't know if you know anything about the Tiki culture. Mm-hmm. But these, these restaurants are small places. They're not very big. No. Right? They're, no. like, maybe, like... You know, 20 tables, 30 tables tops, right? Well, that's Which like is at uh, Bar Laurel right? that I worked at uh, last year for eight, nine months. Yeah. You know, I think we had 32 seats. Yeah, uh, it's very intimate. And that yeah. way you're more one-on-one. And the food and the drinks just, you know, are, are amazing. It was a lot of fun. And I learned so much there in the in the time span that I was there because it was that environment every single day. Yeah. You know, what can I learn behind the bar? Uh, who can I learn from? Uh, who am I going to work with today? And, and that, so. that's an awesome, awesome way to look at bartending. And I, t- I always tell bartenders, like, actually, I'm on the advisor board here in Ottawa for the bartending program. And I tell okay, the cool. students who are in it, I tell them, when you get out in the environment, learn from the people around you. Yes, you know, you're trying to get more ahead of them mm-hmm. or you're trying to begin the head bartender or those, those prime uh, shifts. But these are people that are already in the environment. You want to learn from them. You want to take as much as you can from them so then you become a better bartender. And what can, you, what can you change on something that you've learned to make it your own? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where everybody comes up with their own styles and their own, I guess, values behind the bar in terms of what they want to mix with and what they want to make and what they want their drinks to taste like, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that I've always been really appreciative of and really humbled by. Exactly. So where do you see cocktails going? And like we just talked about, and it's so true, true, the States... There's so much, uh, you know, amazing cocktails and mixologists down there because, you know, they actually have the, the market for it, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's there. But we're Ottawa, we're a small community. Uh, and in Canada, just in general, we're still, like I said, trying to catch up to Toronto, Montreal, New York, all these places. So where sure. do you see cocktails going in the, in the future? I think that's always going to be relative to where the food culture goes and the wine culture and everything else that goes with it, right? So uh, the more cool stuff that you see coming out out of the kitchen and all these really cool spots, you're going to see bartenders, I think, back that up. I'm starting to see more and more where there's not just um, tasting menus with wine pairings, there's tasting menus with cocktail pairings. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's the direction that Otto was probably going to go in. And yeah. 
you got to look at trends too, what people are interested in, right? Ottawa for a long time was a pub town. Everybody loves pubs. Yeah. Um, and I think slowly and slowly that people are kind of gravitating just as much towards, you know, these cool little cocktail spots and these cool gastropubs and wine bars and different, I guess, concepts that are popping up all over the, all over the city, right? Exactly, yeah. So I, I think that that's the direction that we'll probably continue to see in the next, you know, five years. Five exactly. Years. And I think what it is too, like you said, is that there's enough bartenders in Ottawa that, that they know they can do the research to these places that are, are more popular, like down in New York and down in Montreal and Toronto. Like I know like the last bartender was here, he, he, he was like in Amsterdam in, in Asia. So he basically took that little experience he had there and then brought it back home to Ottawa. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's kind of one of the cool things about this industry, right? Yeah. Is it, it's transferable to if I want to go to travel to Europe tomorrow and learn from a really cool cocktail bar in London, I could do so. Yeah. Um, and vice versa, you could get some crazy bartender from Europe that decides that, I don't know, they want to move to Ottawa for whatever reason. And, you know, heaven forbid with the frozen wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Only a few more weeks. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> People are just starting to slowly come out of hibernation, I, I think, know, in the I'm, city. I'm not, I'm thinking, say, like, like, we've been here, we've been slowly just starting to Have pick you, yeah. up. We're, we're in the same boat over on Elgin. Yeah. Oh, man, it was a slow January, but we're starting to pick up, which is nice. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So, what, is your, what are the favorite cocktails you like making? Like when you're you're at work or even at, say at home or if you're friends and stuff, what is the the one like you're like oh I love making that one all the time every time it comes up. I don't want to say a specific cocktail, but my favorite thing in the world is if somebody sits down at the bar and they say they don't know what they want, but they know that they like a spirit and they know that they like a flavor, oh, okay. and I can do something fun with that. Right. Is that's always the two questions that I ask first. You don't know what you want. Okay, what's your favorite flavor or what's your favorite spirit? And somebody yeah. will tell me gin or vodka or whatever. And then I'll say, okay, do you want something a little bit more on the sour side or something a little bit more on the, you know, acidic side or whatever? See, you're like me. So I'm one of those bartenders too where I'll sit down with someone and like, well, I'm not quite sure what kind of cocktail I want. I'm like, okay, well, do you, are, you, are you sweet, sour? What's your spirit? Do you like something more, more spirit forward or spirit behind? And ask those questions. And, you know, it's funny because I always get to look like, well, you know what? Not too many bartenders ask me that question. And I think it's in our industry that we're getting now where it's so versatile that, yeah, we should be asking those questions. You know well, at the mean? end of the day, everybody has a different palate too, right? So yeah. that's, you know, you see a cocktail list, there might be two of the eight on there that, that are really your flavor, but the other six are probably amazing. But yeah. the two are probably something that you're a little bit more interested in or will gravitate towards, right? Yeah. And that's actually kind of one of the interesting things about Made With Love as well is when you're going through the process of coming up with a cocktail for the competition, it's not necessarily what I like. Yeah, it's so what's marketable and what everybody people else. people are going to try it, right? Exactly. So that's always been my goal is, okay, what's going to be the most approachable cocktail with the coolest concept that people are going to appreciate that they're going to like? It's not necessarily about my palate. It's, yeah. it's you know, exactly. I might go for a bitter cocktail that six of those 800 people don't like, but that's not going to win me the competition, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's true because you're like, oh, I loved it. Why didn't I win? And I'm like, well, because not, you know, 800 people said no. Exactly. exactly. Um, so what is your favorite cocktail outside of work, like when you're not working? <laughs> <laughs> as a bartender, as a bartender, I've been, bartender. I've been going. Uh, I've been going on a bitter trend lately. So um, we had a really cool hanky panky at Bar Laurel. That was really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm really into the mezcal, mezcal Negronis and Boulevardiers and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of bartenders have been saying Negroni. Actually, it's one of the scenes. One of those common ones I hearing all the one time. One of those staple classics. Uh, and I think that those prohibition style cocktails are really making a comeback right now. And oh, people for sure. are people are gravitating more towards those classics than anything else right now. So, so we, we need another speakeasy bar here somewhere in Ottawa. Oh, I would love to see one. <laughs> I would great. love to see one. Yeah. It'd be great. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome. So let's, since you've been to the competition, so for the listeners who have not gone to the Made With Love competition, kind of break it down in simplicity, like what exactly is a competition? So you got 18 finalists. The cool thing about it is it's all you can eat and drink. 
So, so let's, let's roll back one more because there's a qualifier, okay. right? Yeah, so there's always a, a qualifier each major city across Canada. Yeah. Uh, I think this year we had 40 bartenders compete. Cool. Uh, they just changed it this past two years to a black box competition. Yep. Which, if anybody's seen the show Chopped, basically it's the same idea, exactly, right? Yeah. So you get one spirit, you get one ingredient, you have five minutes to make a cocktail for the judges. Cool. Um, and then they take, uh, take the top 18. Yep. From there, and then we get allocated a specific spirit three weeks ahead of the competition. Yep. And you have three weeks to come up with something cool. What, what is your, your spirit that you're working I'll with? be pouring on Gava Gin this year. Okay, so I'm so really excited one. about oh, that. Okay, wow. Yeah. I had Grand Marnier last year, which was completely different. And that was really, really interesting to mix with Grand Marnier. Oh, yeah. Because in the competition, you can't use a secondary spirit. Yeah, because actually, usually Grand Marnier is a secondary spirit. Exactly. Well, for any cocktail that I had ever made before, Grand yes. Marnier was always my secondary spirit. So it really threw me out of my comfort zone, but ended up kind of working out for, in my favorite. Well, third place, you said, right? Yeah, exactly. Nice. What was funny is I was actually going for the people's choice last year. I, I wasn't confident enough to go for the judges' choice at all, and it kind of happened on a whim, I guess. So, nice. Yeah, I was happy about that. And so, yeah, so explain this, because actually I know what you're talking about. So there's a people's choice award, and yeah. there's a, the judges' award. So what it is is that every person that goes to this, this event will actually get a chain with a Made With Love little tag on it. Yeah, it's like a little dog it. tag with a dog Made tag. With Love logo on it. And what you're supposed to do is if you like, she love that cocktail and you want them to win, you give them your dog tag. Mm-hmm. And so they had so many dog tags, you hand those in and I guess that would be the People's Choice Award, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Nice. Then on top of that, while the event's going on and everyone's checking out the cocktails and food, there's actually judges that come to your booth and they actually break it down and say, okay, so tell me about your drink. Tell me what you made it with and everything, and there's the points they give you for that as well. Yeah, the food pairing is also pretty key. I've got a, a good group of chefs working behind me and helping me out with that too. So You're so excited. lucky because like so many bartenders I'm talking to, they're like, no, I don't have a chef. I'm just going to do it on my own. I'm like, oh, my God. That's a lot of work. I, don't know, lot of would, work. I don't know if I would have been able Especially to do that. Especially if you're a bartender but not a chef. It's like, yeah, how, do you, exactly. how do you pull that off? Yeah, exactly. No kidding. No, so, no. No, I went to, I went to my, my kitchen team, to my regional chef, and said, this is what I'm pouring this year. This is the palette that I'm using. Let's do something cool with it. Yeah. And so we've got we've got some cool stuff up our sleeve coming. Oh coming. Boy. Yeah. Can't it's wait. Gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I would tell people about the event. It's like I mean, you know, because it is like sixty five dollars at the door and fifty five dollars in advance. I think that mm-hmm. day's kind of come and gone. But I mean, it's like sixty five. I'm like, trust me. You'll be eating and drinking all night long. Oh my long. god, it's like it's, it's the just... best bang for your buck in the city. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're basically pre- you're drinking premium liqueurs like spirits. At you know at sixty five dollars for the whole night. It's and like, if there's a cocktail that you like more than the others, you can go back as many times as you want. Yeah, to I'm sure you guys are not going to like. Hey, you've been here ten times now. Uh... No, not at all. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> I but, actually almost didn't compete this year because I wanted to go drink at the at the, uh, at the competition. Yeah. <laughs> I know I won't be able to drink. I got to do a team. I got to do a radio show at the thing. So I'm like. Ah. <laughs> but hey, there's supposed to be an after party, so uh, I'm going to try to go to that. Sounds good. There we go. Do you know cool. where the after party is this year? I know. No one. No one knows. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to figure Maybe it out. Maybe they're keeping that on the wraps for now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it on the down low. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making sure it shows up early, right? Uh, <laughs> isn't the party here? No, no. All right, Cody. So I appreciate you coming in and tell us a little bit about yourself and also about the competition. And we can't wait to see you there. It's going to be amazing. So really amazing, excited. amazing events. And just let you guys know, like I said, if you're at Cody's booth and he's got a little too, not enough time to talk to you guys, Come over to the Tiki Central booth. We'll have some information about Cody and about the Waverly uh, you know, restaurant and all that information. And we can't wait to see everybody there. It's going to be an amazing event. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for coming, man. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? 